0: Today is Sunday. I'm a miracle worker, I know. Um, it's the second week um, of our of our series. Watch me, rip, watch me in Nene. Um Totally digging that work. I still can't whip a Nene. I've had more lessons since, but um, going from doing a good promotional resource for our church, it would actually do damage to our name. So that's the only reason the video hasn't gone up yet. Like Sunday learners have been trying to teach me. I've had more threats. It's not going well. So um, yeah, we're looking at today, last week we looked at um, like Adam, Abraham, the whole um, Hinené, Abraham, Delio. Today we're looking at Momo, we're looking at Moses. So if you want to turn to Exodus 3, we're just going to have a, a read through this story and see what his Hinené looked like. So Hinené being a Hebrew word meaning I am here, it's about fully present, it's being about surrender. The awesome thing about it is often people would say, I'm here and I'm down with a plan and they'd agree to something, but it would be different from this. They'd normally wait to hear the plan. Hineni is like saying yes to the plan before you know what the plan is. Hence Abraham ending up in the situation he ended up with his and with Moses ending up in the one he's about to end up in. So in chapter 3 of Exodus, the situation, as it stands at this moment, the context is there are a lot of slaves in Egypt, the Hebrew people are, are in slavery, they're oppressed, they're held down. Moses um, has tried to do various different acts of like heroism to try and free the people. He ended up seeing someone getting beat down, getting whipped. And um, he literally stepped in, fought, killed the guy, has to run away because he's now kind of wanted for murder. A bit like Anchorman. Maybe i will only look for a while. So he's wanted for murder. He's run away, he's left, he's fled Egypt, he's ended up um, getting a a wife, which is pretty awesome, and starting to live life, but he goes from living in like the royal house in Egypt, being like this really influential, significant person um, who is in this family with Pharaoh, um, killing it in probably the strongest nation. He flees for his life, he ends up being like um, a farmer, which... If you look at today's kind of jobs and stuff, there's a stigma associated with the job role that he has and what he does, where it would be like if you had a poll, if you took a poll in Egypt of the worst jobs, farmer, shepherd specifically for him, not farmer, shepherd would come bottom of every poll. Everyone hated it. So he'd gone from like royalty to the job that he despised more than anything, culturally speaking. And while he's here doing this job, It says in chapter 3, that's that's the the context we find ourselves in. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jephro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. What I love about this story and this passage in particular is like often when we think about church and we think about God's presence and we think about a life changing encounter with Him, often we think about going to like a conference. Like people always tell me, I was at this conference and I'm like the move of God and I, I, was, I was at this church event and this guy said this and I'm like, oh, and all this kind of stuff. When Moses here, he's at work. He's at work. That's where his henene happens. It happens at work, it's not at some like, next Hebrew-Jewish convention thing going on. Like, okay, they're in slavery, so that wouldn't be possible anyway. But it's not like some... His father-in-law is the priest of Midian. He's not at some like spiritual gathering. There's no invocation going on to summon the spirits of whatever God or spiritual belief could have been around in that tribal region at the time. He is at work. He is looking after sheep. And what happens is, he in this moment of being a shepherd, one of the things you have is a lot of free time and a lot of boring time to fill. It's not like you're sitting there, there's constant like a workflow. There's these sheep that are doing their thing and he's there. And he notices this bush that's on fire. Let me tell you something. In the Middle East, in Israel, a bush catching fire in the heat, it's not not a big deal. But he's alive to the moment and he sees what's unique about this bushfire. The fire is happening, but the bush is not being consumed. And so he turns aside. And then the next thing it says... He's looked, but behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the bush. I want to highlight something. When the Lord saw. That's ridiculous. When the Lord saw. Okay, God sees everything. But God sees his action in response to this, and then he calls to him. I think so often, like, if we really think about this, that means there's, a, there's an element of cause and effect. Like, this is happening... But God, it's when God sees, he doesn't, it isn't just happening in the burning bush and then God just starts calling to Moses. That's not what happens. This thing is happening. He's alive to it. He's present in the moment. He sees it. He turns aside to see it, to explore it further. Then God calls him. Then God calls him. Do you know what the rabbis believe? The rabbis believe there are burning bushes around us every single day. But are you present and are you alive to it? And when you see it, do you turn aside? Do you see something peculiar that captivates you enough to stop what you're doing, to pause, to leave the mundane and to explore and see what this is? And sometimes in these moments where we see it and we're captivated by it, maybe God is just waiting there to call us. Maybe God is just waiting there to, with a, with a mission. So at this time, he, he, God sees that he's turned aside and God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near this place. Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at good. So first of all, he is at work. Second, when the Lord saw. And then there's Hanede. There's absolute surrender to the moment. I am here, and before God is even saying anything, any specifics, Moses is already saying, I'm in, I'm here, I'm present, I'm fully in on this. And then the next thing, there's this holy ground. You guys may not have known it, but this week, all of us were treading on holy ground. And you guys might not have been alive to it, because there's things that happen at City Hill which is like when someone invites someone and they come along and they become a part of us and that's a holy moment and that's a shoes and socks off moment. That's like, blow your socks off right there. That's awesome when that happens. And then there's times when people come to City Hill and God does something in their life and brings healing, brings change. And that's a great shoes and socks off moment and that's awesome. And we've had times like that and we celebrate that and that's great. But actually this week, there were some significant things that happened. And actually some things that transcend months and months. Jody was really alive to something there was a friend of ours, something happened to them, and it was quite a, whoa, oh my gosh, that's horrible. What do you do with that? And Jodie was captivated by it. Like most of this bush, she was just captivated. This person wasn't like someone that Jodie spent a lot of time with and invested loads with, just knows them. And she's captivated and she can't let it go and she keeps talking to me about it. And then time passes and then she's telling me, I'm praying for that person. She just keeps praying for that person, keeps walking through it, she, she can't let go of it, she's turned aside. And she's fully there. And then she's like, I feel God speaking about this. And then she's talking to that person. And then she's like, fasting with that person. And then she's praying and fasting with that person. And then they're meeting. And then all of a sudden, the situation that's there. Which is like, mind-blowingly complicated situation and painful situation. God starts moving in. And things start changing. And it's like, she got captivated by something there. But if you're not fully present, and if you're not like, when someone has an issue around you and you're not, you don't take ownership of it. You don't go, "That's my burning bush." Here I am, Lord, send me, and you just let it go past. Everything passes by. There's been significant change this week in that person's situation. On the day that Jody fasted and prayed for this person and their situation, now I'm not going to share their story because it's personal and it's theirs. But I had to share the fact that Jody was captivated by a burning bush, and things are changing. But we were standing on holy ground this week as a church because one of my learners, who also their story I wish I could share, but I can't share. So everything in this guy's life says he should be like a bright idiot. He should be like 100% certified road man because things have happened to him. People have treated him so badly. There are people that are, are all sorts of situations. There's been situations like, I mean, he's been violated in so many different ways and had such bad and horrific news over the last year. And this week, it all came to an end where The whole year I've watched him and there's been these different landmark moments in his life where everything's gone wrong and I've been looking at it and I'm like, that's it. This is the moment where he does something stupid. This is the moment where he throws everything away. This is the moment where he packs it in and he quits. This is the moment where he taps out. And every day I was working so closely, so closely alongside, encourage him, stay focused, stay on this. Don't throw away your education. Don't throw away this opportunity. Don't become that. Become someone your younger siblings can be proud of. You push on. You stay focused and he did and he gave it his best all the way to the end of the year and then there came this moment where this, this learner was invited to the prom as they all are, because we're going to have a prom and um, the, the head of the school um, basically he, they had a conversation and um, it turns up he didn't have a suit to be able to go to prom and so then one day in passing the boss comes over to me and goes oh yes by the way you need to get so and so a suit I'm like. Is that in my job description? This is a whole new opening to me as an education facility. Okay, that's cool, that's a day out. I'll take that. And um, I get given the work card, and then on the day, ready to take the person out to get their suit, last week. Great day, really excited about it. Heading off to the shops, going Westfield. And um, I've been given this budget, and the budget for the suit, like, it's terrible. And so I'm going everywhere, trying to do all these different types of bits, and trying to get a suit, and. The only place that fits within the budget is, is, is Primark, and you know, the Primark suits, they actually look really good, but this learner, there's nothing of him there, so like, it's just like the Adams Family suit on a tiny person, it just doesn't work, as they come to this point where I'm phoning up going, this budget doesn't work, and they're going like, okay, well, um, we can push it up a little bit more. And then we start going around and I'm like, nothing's going to fit him. I don't know what I'm doing. So I take him to TM Lewin and I go, oh, do you guys do measurements? And I'm like, there's always posh suits and people spend loads of money. And then he goes, yeah, sure. And he pulls out the thing towards me. And then the guy goes, no, it's for me, bruv. <laughs> it was the funniest roadman moment in TM Lewin I've ever seen. And the guy's like, oh, oh, sorry, sir. And then goes to measure him up. We find out the measurements and we cheat. And we start going top, man. We start going to different places. And I'm realizing there's no way we're going to get a suit that looks good for this guy within in that budget and so this is where you and I all entered into this holy moment that we were talking about with Moses this moment when you want to take your shoes and your socks off even though they smell like cheese because the ground that you walk on is holy is at that point we got to this shop and I was like you know what I'm not doing this budget anymore so I paid the work card all the amount that they said and then I said to them you know what my church is totally going to get you the rest of this And this kid just looked at me, and he lit up. And after this talk, I will show you the photo of him trying to hide the smile to be a roadman instead. And he's got this sick, blue, nice shoe, just from from Burton's. It's nothing like elaborate, and these trousers. And then they threw in these blue suede shoes that are like these ones, but they're kind of pointy and then have tassels on. And then as we're at the till, so there's a lot of learners you do stuff for, and they just violate your life. Out a two, as this is being paid for, he turned to me and he said, Andy, I'm gassed, you know. I'm gassed. Oh, I could have taken my shoes and socks off like Moses. I was on holy ground. I've been on a journey with this guy and I've seen his life and I've seen the most biggest violations happen and him come in and not being able to process and cope with the information. He can't process it. And I've sat with him, helped him process the pain and the hurt and move forward. And in this moment as a church, you guys didn't know it because you unfortunately we're not there, it would be great if we all could have stood around, It would have been a bit intimidating trying on suits, uh, why are these people staring at me, but it was a holy moment, it was a holy moment, so then there was there was Jerry's. then there was this guy, and then there was an email that came through, which was awesome last week um, some of you will know, because you would have been here when um, said person came to speak at the church they haven't been in a while, I'm going to get them back in, but um, I got an email from, from Kunle, from um, African Child Trust about our two daughters in uh, Tanzania in Kagera. Uh, so we've got two daughters because they don't have mum and dad, they're not around and they're dead. And um, we've got these two little girls and they're progressing in their education. And there's another moment where I just see that email come in and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, holy ground, right here, right now. Two daughters we have that are just doing wonderful. They've got a goat that we got them as well, by the way. And um, The goat's doing great. And I think the goat, one of them has had a baby. So. There, there, just like him, if they had been like on that whole Tanzania roadman thing, they'd have gone, baby goat, I am so gassed. But they didn't say that. But it's, it's, it's in these moments that you realise that actually if you're not fully present, and if you're not there in the moment, and if you're not alive to it in your day, in your work, that's where Moses is at work as a shepherd, and then he sees the bush, he turns aside, he redirects his life, and in that moment he becomes alive to the call of what God has for him. What I want to encourage each one of us is this. Moses was at work when he saved the nation from um, slavery. He was at work. And God just broke in. Guys, when you're at work this week, God wants to break in. Be present. Be aware. And the second thing is, the Bible says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, that's when God called out to him. It's not just enough to be present. God wants to see you moving towards it. And when you take the steps, that's when he starts to call you. And we... Have burning bushes around us all the time but the ground isn't holy until you accept the call the ground doesn't become holy until you accept the call oh actually the ground has always been holy but we are not aware of it we're not alive to it until we accept the call that God has for us and so this week I believe what God is saying to us is in these next couple of verses I am the God of Isaac, God of Jacob, and Moses hid his face. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because they're taskmasters. I know their suffering. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Lozavites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me and I've seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children, of God, uh, the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I am with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you, that you will bring these people out of Egypt, and you will serve God on the mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me what is his name, I shall say t- what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. So there's two key things, once you've you've encountered your your bush moment and you've turned aside and then he's called you and he's spoken to you and you're there, what happens is sometimes the call you end up with is a bit too big and sometimes it's a bit too frightening. And the response Moses had was literally, well, firstly, who am I? And then his second question is, well, who the heck are you? And that's often the question that we have. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by a call and a plan that God may have for our life because sometimes it's just too big. And we can feel like, well, who am I to go? And his point is, well, I'm sending you, so I've totally got you. And that's a great answer, but then it begs another one, well, who are you? And God's response to Moses is, I am who I am, which we looked at a few months back in the Just We Jesus series, which literally translate as, I will reveal my nature to you by my actions. And the nature He reveals in the story is Deliverer. But in all different occasions, different burning bushes, different moments and encounters with God, God will reveal Himself to be exactly what that person needs, to what this person needs in this situation in that situation. And so I want to encourage us that while we're at work, God is moving. He is with us. He is for us. We need to be present. We need to be ready to turn aside. When He sees us move towards the person in our life this week that needs us to be Jesus for them, that's when He's going to speak. That's when He's going to move. And then we're going to become aware that the ground is holy. But you never become aware the ground is holy until you step out in faith and move towards what he has for you. And what God says to Moses is literally translated in the Hebrew. I have seen the whip and you are the hinene." And I believe that is what God is saying to you and he's saying to me. There are people in our lives this week where he's saying, I have seen, I have heard the cry. I have heard the whip come down. Just like the taskmasters on their backs. I've heard the whip. You're the hineine. You're the one I'm sending. You're the one who's going to bring healing to this situation. And I just want you to know that the next time you go past a burning bush and you see someone going through something, just know God has heard the whip in that moment. Become alive to it because you're the hineine he's sending. There isn't anyone else. It's you. It's me. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you for this week that we have been treading on holy ground. Some of us came here today and had no idea that we had bought the boomest suit ever for a guy who really needed that. Um, Some of us weren't aware that we have two beautiful daughters in Kigera, Tanzania who have passed on to their next year of school and are doing really well and that their goats had a kid. We were training on holy ground this week and we we did not even know it. Um, Father, you are in this place, you're outside this place, you're everywhere. And Father, as we move through our week May we become alive to the burning bushes that are all around us. May we encounter your grace and your power. May we step out in faith. May we not just ignore those bushes that are burning, but may we actively walk to them knowing that you're gonna call us, knowing that you're gonna have a plan, knowing that we don't have the answers, we don't feel like we can solve the problem, but knowing not who we are, but knowing who you are and that we can trust you wholly that you will move in that situation. Be with us this week, speak through us this week, live, in and through our lives, that we may see your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So that is week two.